Welcome to episode 20 of the Lovecraft Tapes, an actual play Call of Cthulhu 7th edition RPG podcast using Roll20.net. I am your keeper of arcane lore, Jeremy Boomstick Johnson. And your investigators of the unknown are George Gallagher as Charles. Uh, yeah. Brian Johnson as Samantha. The nectar of the grape gods. And Matt Zelish as Dan. Well, you stole my line, George. Thanks for that. How is everybody feeling tonight? Brian, how are you feeling? Lovely, lovely. (laughs) All right. And George is not feeling particularly great tonight, so we're going to roll along here. Before we go, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to Pharmax, the world's leading manufacturer of pharmaceuticals. We're redefining everything from cancer treatments to everyday aspirin. We're glad you've chosen to visit our Deerfield, New Hampshire executive retreat. Before you're able to enjoy the facilities, please follow a few simple rules. First, please park in the designated color-coded spots indicated on your badge given to you during orientation at our headquarters. Second, be sure to remove all eyeglasses prior to the retinal scan. Once the secure door unlocks, proceed directly to the reception area where you will be assigned a suite. Thereafter, you may roam freely within the facility during daylight hours. Should you require an overnight stay, please lock your door promptly at dusk and do not emerge until dawn, no matter what you hear outside your door. Even if it sounds like someone you know, like your significant other, or nine-year-old son, or dead mother. Sound is funny, especially at night. It plays tricks. Just crawl into bed and pull the covers over your head, then wait. Should the waiting prove too much or the sounds too incessant, you'll find a loaded revolver in your nightstand. Use it wisely. A single shot into the roof of your mouth usually does the trick. Otherwise, enjoy your stay in this idyllic rural locale, and remember, Farmex brings life. From beyond. And we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed that commercial. You know, we really need to find higher quality sponsors. Hey, hey, hey. That was good. I'll take your word for it. All right, before we begin tonight, I would like to just quickly go over some sanity rules. One of the things that we forget to take into account is when you fail a sanity roll, it's just one quick thing. So let's say Samantha, for instance, sees a dead body on the floor. (gasps) Oh, my stars. And she fails her sanity roll. That usually means there's one quick involuntary action. And that could be like make a noise when you weren't supposed to. If you were carrying a gun at the time, maybe you accidentally fired it off. So something that's relatively not a great thing, but the consequences are usually minimal. That's just a flat-out fail. If you lose sanity of five or more points, then you have to make an intelligence roll. If successful, then temporary insanity ensues. And so then I have a nice cute little table here of temporary insanity and the effects. So I basically just roll a dice and and, uh, something may happen to you. And that could be basically anything from amnesia. So you suddenly forget what happened to you. Oh my gosh, that's scary. What was I looking at? Oh my gosh, that's scary. (laughs) What was I looking at? Uh, you, You could actually just pick up and run leaving the rest of your investigator friends there by themselves. Bye-bye. So those are the sort of um, things that you could deal with. And that's up to you, depending on how we roll? Uh, Yeah, actually, I would would prompt you. I'd say, you know, Samantha, roll a D10. Okay. And you'd roll, and I'd say, here's what happens to you. There are some bouts of madness that I can roll against, but I can also insert and change things anytime I want to. If you lose sanity equal to one-fifth of your current sanity... In one day, then I can impose a much more indefinite insanity. It could be something as crazy as you physically attack your investigator friends. You develop some sort of phobia. That's the accumulation of insanity and, and the effects of that. Obviously, when you reach 
zero sanity, you are insane. Sweet. I'm going to win this. And for all intents and purposes, if you if you do reach zero, you are... It's just like dying. Yep. You are you are in an insane asylum for the rest of your life. Insane in the membrane. Padded rooms, three meals a day. Yeah. Oh, it sounds kind of good, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Nurse Ratchet. Oh. Can I get an Xbox in there? Or no, probably not padded controller so that's basically it for sanity rules now i would like you guys to recap what happened last week with the intros that i've shared with you in the journal not sure what i'm doing here the contented cow seems fancy i'm not the spa type though no adventure here no thin man no flying night gaunts no shimmering acid monsters at least they got a bar good whiskey and golf on tv dames around here ain't too hard on the eyes either dames oh shit i meant women this isn't 1950 anymore, Chucky. Gotta get my head together. I know Samit is counting on me. I can't go backward. Upward and onward, that's what she says. It'll, I'll make a better effort right after this drink. I just need another sip to forget. Uh, I feel good after my nap, but why didn't Dan wake me up? I met the manager, Mr. Perfoy. He seems nice enough. A little silly, maybe. Dad is his usual cranky self. What's it gonna take to snap him out of his funk? He needs to get better. He has to. Hope he remembers to take his pill. Uh, I forgot my glass of wine at the bar, but at least Betsy reminded me about our welcome drink. Maybe Dan's already there. I strolled down the road to her house. A nice old farmhouse. Nope, no Dan. He's a big boy. He can take care of himself. Betsy's really friendly. Her red wine is excellent. She's been telling me creepy rumors about the contented cow murders. Fair number of folks are staying here at the contented cow. All types. I assume the nearby river has good fishing, but I guess there's no way to substantiate that. But it's fishing, so who cares, really? Chuck's chugging it up at the bar, still giving me that cold shoulder. Met a journalist in the elevator, and he asked me a lot of questions, but I was a little bit too tightly wound to engage him any further. Oh well. I'll just use this free pass for a massage and then go meet Sam for a drink at Betsy's. Unfortunately, my masseuse was called away, so I got a seven-foot monstrosity named Dolph instead. He does have magic fingers, though. Ah, sleepy out here. When I wake up, Dolph's magic fingers have gone flabby and he reeks of expensive whiskey. What the hell? Oh, it's not Dolph, it's Charles. He passed out and I, I tried to catch him when he was falling and wouldn't you know it, the towel that I was wearing fell off right when Dolph walked back in. So now I'm standing naked over Charles' body. So that's where we uh, continue our investigation. So we'll pick up right with Dan. I think he's the most appropriate gentleman to begin with. I don't know about appropriate at this moment. So, uh, Dan, you obviously are standing there completely nude. Chuck is at the floor, passed out, and Dolph walks in. Mister, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to frantically grab the towel and wrap it around me. Uh, look, this is, uh, I can, uh, well, um, uh, you see, this guy, this, he's, uh, he's my future father-in-law. I'm, I, I swear, I'm, I'm here with him and, and my fiance, and, uh, uh, he is apparently very, very drunk. I, I don't know how he found his way in here, but he kind of passed out, I'm assuming. I mean, he looks like he's still breathing. Yes, yes, well, let's pick him up. Grab that shoulder. Okay, I'm going to grab him with one arm while holding the towel still. Charles, why don't you give me a... Selfie. Con roll. All right, that's good. You managed to keep your uh, stomach contents. Good job, George. As these guys lift you up, you're pretty much uh, wavering between consciousness and unconsciousness. Uh, You've had quite a lot to drink. It is possible that your pills are interacting badly with uh, booze. You're not quite sure. So, Dan, Dolph says, uh, where should we put him? Let's put him down on the table for now. Do you guys have a, a doctor somewhere around here we could call to have look at him? I, I know he just started taking some new medication, and I I don't want that to, to interfere in any very unfavorable ways with his heavy drinking. I will check with Mr. Profoy. Okay, thank you. Da. So you're, you're there with Charles. Dolph has placed Charles' body in the masseuse table, face down, and he rushes off to presumably get Mr. Purfoy. Can I get redressed once he leaves the room so I'm not holding a towel? Yes, you get you get dressed. And then he starts massaging. <laughs> Charles is uh, breathing steadily. I'm going to look around and see if there's a clock anywhere. I want to I wanna know what time it is right now. So we're going to say it is right around 6.30. Oh, geez, I'm in trouble. Going to open the, stick my head out the door and see if, if anyone is on their way back. Uh, yes, uh, Dolph is rushing up with uh, Mr. Purfoy. Mr. Purfoy is like... Yes, what seems to be the problem? Uh, yes, my father-in-law here. Uh, oh, had my. A, a little bit too much to drink. 
Oh, yes, uh, I, di- I did happen to notice him at the bar earlier. And um, he's taking some new medication, and we're not quite sure how that's interacting. And I just want to know if you have a, a doctor or anyone around who could possibly look at him just to give him a once-over to make sure he's not doing poorly. I mean, he's breathing. Well, we, we do have a doctor in town. Uh, we could make a call, but it will take him approximately an hour to get here. If you have the uh, medication bottle, we could probably make a few calls first. Is he okay right now? Uh, I'm. He's breathing right now, so I'm assuming he's just out from the alcohol. Uh, he's, what was he? was um, Xanax. Or Xanax. Oh, Xanax. Xanax. Yes, I've, I've heard of it. Let me make a few calls. Uh, why don't you move Mr. Blaine back to his room? Sounds like a plan. All right, I will join you shortly. Um, before you leave, there's a, a woman that I was supposed to meet with my fiance, a, um, a, a Betsy. Yes, yes, yes. You're, you're Dan, right? Yeah. Yes. I do have a note for you back at the front desk. Do you do you know if there's a directory around here I could get Betsy's number from? Because I know that's we were supposed to be there at six, and at six thirty, I'm pretty sure she's there. I just I just want to give her a heads up on what's happening with her dad. Oh uh, yes, yes. Um, I I can ring her for you. That's no problem. Um, I do have a number at the front desk. Uh, when you're done with him, uh, just come on back and and we'll take care of it. Okay. Thank you very much. Al- although she is just down the road. I mean, it's it's basically a ten minute walk. But I'm I'm not quite sure if I want to leave leave charles here alone right now totally understand sir uh how about if i ring over and just let them know what had happened it, that'd be that would be absolutely helpful thank you very much consider it done sir all right so dolph uh, grabs hold of uh chuck and essentially slings him across his shoulder and says uh lead the way okay we are heading to room 201 oh sweet literally Come in peace. So you guys, you guys uh, tromp on off towards Chuck's room, and we'll switch back to Samantha finishing up a second glass of wine on Betsy's deck. You lush. Clearly, she's starting to slur her words a bit. Um, she has brought out some uh, nice cheese, some local cheese. I made it from myself. <laughs> Head cheese. Oh. A bit, a bit of uh, dried cranberry candies that she makes. Mm, that was my chance to rummage through her house. <laughs> She's drunk. <laughs> and, and, and she's just sort of rocking in her chair and looking up at the sky. As you guys talk about the rumors and legends of the area, and as you drink a little bit more, you become even more relaxed than you expected to be at this point. You've totally forgotten about Dan or your father. Who was Dan? And right now you're just comfortable and enjoying the atmosphere and environment right now. Betsy seems like a long lost friend or perhaps a mother or grandmother. I found her. I win. What do I get? Look over here. Tell me again about the rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Betsy. So she's like, so Sam, uh, uh, tell me again about your your mother. Well, it's it's kind of a sore subject. I understand. I understand. It, It just... Maybe one more glass, and we could bust into that. Yes, no problem. Uh, I, I haven't been this relaxed in in almost a year. Great, great. This, this is this is really nice, and I appreciate it. I'm I'm glad to provide this for you. I think I might need a little bit more time, though. Sure, sure. No, I understand. It's nice to be able to count on somebody that I can talk to openly, and and there's no judgment. I do appreciate that. It, it does help to uh, bleed old wounds sometimes. To she was a cheating whore. And she was pregnant. Oh. Well, just just wait right here, and uh, I'm going to head on in, and I'll grab another bottle. Do you, do you like rosé at all? Sure. Yeah, whatever you have is fantastic. I have a bottle of rosé chilling, and she gets up, and then uh, the phone rings. I'll, I'll get that, and just uh, I'll be right back. You enjoy the scenery. Thank you so much. She goes inside, and you hear her muffled voice as she talks to somebody quickly on the phone. And as she's inside you are sitting out there looking out onto her front porch and you see the crows alight on some of the nearby trees and start to gather perhaps a little thicker than you're used to but then again you're more or less a city girl you're not really used to this rural landscape why don't you give me a spot hidden samantha Perfect. I needed a 76. I got an 8. That's an extreme, awesome, hard success. Extreme! I'm rigid! Sam, even though you are not a country girl, you you are starting to feel really at home here. You notice that the sunset is probably a couple hours away, but you do see like a darkening hue to the skyline that looks unnatural. 
Does it look like a scarecrow? There's a giant scarecrow <laughs> in the sky. No, it, it appears to be possibly bad weather on the horizon. Oh, that's not good. Right now, it's still quite nice, but you do notice this discoloration in the sky. And then Betsy comes back out carrying a nice bottle of rosé. Oh, that looks good. In a bucket of ice. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, this this is from a, a nearby farm up in upper New York. It's, it's quite good. It's very dry. They ferment it in steel vats, so it doesn't have any kind of oaky characteristic to it. It's very refreshing, and I, I quite like it in uh, uh, springtime. Nice. Shall I pour? Yes, please. Do you need anything else? Uh, no, I'm great. She takes her seat. Oh, uh, that, by the way, that was um, Mr. Porfoy back at the hotel. Oh, okay. Uh, he just wanted to let you know that uh, he, he did find Dan, uh, your fiancé, right? Yes, yes. And he is he's with your father, and I guess your father's had a little too much to drink? I was a little worried about that. Yes, well, they, they put him to bed, and Dan may be joining us a little bit later. Okay. I'll probably stay another hour, so if Dan doesn't show up, and then I'll head back and make sure everything's okay. That's great. You know, I, I would invite you for dinner, but I haven't uh, been to the market yet, so I'll, I'm just gonna, I plan to eat indoors So after this. I highly recommend the pork chop. At the hotel, it's quite nice. Podcast pork chops. You know, I don't know if you've ever had them, but fish tacos are really good. I tried this one taco once that had the taco on the inside of a fish. That's the weirdest thing. I wonder what you would call it. Yeah, I that. don't know what they call it. Um, I'm not sure. I think they call it pissing distance. Pierre Lapierre is one of the most renowned chefs in this neck of the woods. Uh, he is from France, so he is well-trained in the art of culinary if you make any loud noises, he'll raise a white flag and wave it back and forth. He is a friend of Ned Tugent. I'm assuming that's how he got the job. Yes. Yoink, yoink. And his, uh, Pierre's wife is a lovely creature, too. Although she is mute, uh, she can't speak. Oh, I did meet her. Yes. Oh, yeah, did you? Yes. Yeah, she's probably tending bar she does mm-hmm. around this, this time of the day. They have to rotate some of the staff members because of there's only so many people they can hire at any given time. This is sort of the beginning of the tourist season. That's why they can rent out hotel rooms uh, so cheaply and probably why there's so many people at the hotel currently. We're right on the cusp of the, the tourist season. So within a couple of weeks, it'll become really busy. It'll be packed. Yes. Yeah. Well, you have a beautiful home here. This well, thank is you. Thank fantastic. You. Great view. Quick question. Mm-hmm. While you were in the house, I noticed all the crows. Is that normal? That's a lot of crows. Yeah, it's not terribly normal. Okay. I'm from the city, so we don't see crows ever. <laughs> we have pigeons, but never crows. It is slightly unusual, I would say. I don't remember seeing this many crows, at least around here. They usually don't show up until August, which is kind of weird. That's when we have a little bit more wildlife. And, of course, the crows like to go after the, the dead critters in the brush. And they won't keep away from the uh, cranberry farms either. They end up eating quite a bit of that of, of their crop if they don't protect them properly. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. They're all gathering over there. Little, little, little creepy after your stories. Exactly right. Super duper creepy. Guess I'll walk back now. Hope there's no scarecrows. Before you leave her, why don't we switch back to Daniel and see what he's doing? Oh, Danny boy. Yes. With Dolph's help, you get Chuck back to his room. He does seem to be fast asleep. You don't notice anything unusual about him. His pulse is strong. Mr. Purfoy does join you after a few minutes and lets you know. uh, Yes, I I, I called Betsy's and left a note there. I wasn't sure whether or not you'd be joining her, but... Uh, thank you. I'll I'll probably head down as soon as I know things are uh, sound up here with, with Charles. Yes, no problem. And I, I did call around uh, to the local doctor, and uh, he said not to worry. There is no real interaction with Xanax uh, and alcohol, so no worries there, sir. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a relief right there. I, if you ask me, he just appears to be stone drunk. Yeah. Stoned and drunk? I, I'd say let him sleep it off. Yeah. I mean, I I've been told that he liked to drink i didn't know he liked it this much so yeah i I get the feeling that he's gonna be okay i'm going to let him be and i'm going to head on down to uh funky town miss betsy's and uh see if i can't salvage my relationship with my fiance uh as you guys leave chuck begins to snore and you close his hotel room door Mr. Purfoy returns chatting you up all along the way through the the elevator and is opening the doors for you and punching buttons for you and making small talk. Oh, your favorite. And escorting you to the lobby. I'm going to roll for small talk. Uh, But Dolph has gone ahead. He's taken the stairs and he's presumably gone back to the spot. You failed your small talk roll, unfortunately, so uh, 
he is not very engaged with you and quickly excuses himself and returns back to the, the front desk. I never said I was good at small talk. I only have five in that. And indeed, that proved true. So you start trotting down the road. It's not a horse. It's just two halves of a coconut I'm hanging together. Daniel, uh, you do notice that uh, as you walk along that it's clearly getting closer to sunset here. Probably be dark in about an hour and a half maybe. And you notice that there's a bit of a bite in the air. Not cold or anything, but the warmth of of the afternoon sun has dissipated. And there are a few more clouds in the sky. It's not quite as pristine as it was previously. And there's just a little bit of a chilly breeze kicking up. Glad I'm wearing a jacket. Uh, No, you're still in the towel. (laughs) And then I wake up in bed. I'm naked in front of my entire high school class. And you make your way back over to Betsy's house. Sam, you see Dan striding up towards the porch. Mother... (laughs) Just as you finish up your glass of rosé. Oh. Dan, nice of you to join us. Oh, there he is. Yeah, there was a, a, a bit of a situation with your father. Oh, we heard. Yeah, I had him send a message. I just I just figured you'd like to know. He's he's sleeping it off in his room. We got him back up there. He's snoring like a rhinoceros. I'm going to give Dan a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Thank you for taking care of him. Oh, shucks. Meanwhile, Betsy has moved a chair over to form a little half semicircle and uh, is pouring a... Another magical glass of rosé. Uh, she's indicating to Dan, please, please join us. You Surely you have time. It's not dinner time. You can join us for one glass. Yeah, come on, Dan. This is this is so relaxing. Okay, I guess I shall join you for a glass. Dan, time. join us. Join us. Look at that murder of crows. You see them over there? And indeed, Dan does. That is a rather large murder. Samantha is a little put off because the crows do appear to be maybe larger than normal. 40 feet. Probably because of the steroids factory next door. (laughs) Those crows are fucking jacked, man. Do not mess with them. They're swole. (laughs) That's the thing, right? You could say swole, right? (laughs) Not anymore, they don't. Don't skip leg day. Because we're the fittest people in the world to be making these jokes. Samantha isn't exactly the foremost expert on crows. To her, they they appear to be just creepily large. Quite a bit bigger than the pigeons in the city. Almost twice the size. It's strange. Almost Raven-esque. Dan, you, you have a seat, and uh, Betsy pats your leg, and she says, well, How are you doing today? So you took care of your future father-in-law, did you? Uh, hopefully, future father-in-law. He's still not too happy about me and Sam here being together, so... Dan, just give him time. You're such a good boy. I'm sure he'll warm to you at some point. I'm, I'm trying. How's that wine? Oh, so this is incredible. Where'd you get this from? Uh, this is from a friend of mine who has a farm up in Upper State New York. They basically get their grapevines from Germany. Wow. And so they crossbreed some uh, Pinot Noir with uh, Chardonnay. They come up with this excellent tasting blush or rosé, you call it. It's very good. Ah, it's definitely, definitely something that I enjoy. I'm not much of a wine person either. I'm, I'm, I'm more beer, but I mean, this is great. Look out, a scarecrow! Why is he being followed by a tin man, a lion, and a small girl, and a yippy dog? That was close. Betsy's like, uh, yeah, yes, uh, and it goes really well with this cheese, and uh, I get the cheese from uh, from downstate, so it's really uh, local first. A taste of New York. Farm fresh. Farm to table. Mm, get out of the road, you asshole. So what what brings you here, Dan? I, I know you're accompanying uh, Sam and, and, and Charles, but how are you enjoying this island so far? It's great. It's nice to, to be away from the job. The I mean, I... I run security over at uh, Arkham University. And how do you like that? It's great. I mean, I'm I'm not stuck in a cubicle all day. I can I can up and walk around. If I need to stretch my legs, I get access to, you know, all the fun little vehicles we have in security, golf carts, segways, stuff like that. It was great. We 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 have segway races when the the students aren't around. It's a good time. Sounds kind of exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. So it's, I guess it's nice to have somewhere where I'm not, you know, having five people pulling me in five different directions because, you know, someone hit someone here or someone graffitied a wall there. Well, I'm sorry that uh, you were accosted by uh, Carl's antics uh, talking about the ancient Indian burial ground and all that kind of stuff. Huh? I've never been one for believing. Any of that stuff true? I, you know, it's none of that's true. No, that's true. It's it's baloney. I mean, you know, weird stuff happens, and obviously we can't deny the murder as much as we'd like to. (laughs) 
This is not the murder you're looking for. Every place has its history and its rumors and legends, and this is no different. Yeah. You know, someone dies and they need to come up with some superstitious, supernatural excuse to explain away the something that can't be explained and was never solved. You want to talk legends? I got a good buddy of mine who's a professor in the social history department back at Arkham with some really creepy ghost tales about that place. Ooh. Is he single? Uh, unfortunately, no. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm sorry. I have had a couple glasses. It's okay. I will hear nothing more. I get a little Randy. <laughs> oh, Randy's coming over? Yeah, Randy will be here any minute. <laughs> Probably recording a new Lord single. Well, look at that. That's uh, the bottle's empty. Cheers to the last gasp of the bottle. Cheers. Cheers. Ching, ching, ching. And she slugs down the last of it, and she takes one big, long sigh. At that very moment, a rumble of thunder sounds in the distance. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> The crows all take off from the tree. Crows don't sound like that. Don't be oh, silly. Oh, I thought oh. they took You're off. You're being silly. Well, Danny, I think that might be our cue. Yeah. And Betsy stands up, sort of wobbles. Well, uh, you guys don't be a stranger. Uh, come on by. It looks like we're probably going to get some weather here shortly. So uh, hopefully it'll go by and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Sounds good. Love to. You should uh, come up for breakfast if you're up for it. Absolutely. I I do come up for coffee uh, every morning, so uh, hopefully I'll see you there. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, you you folks have a good night, and uh, I hope your father's feeling better. Thank Thank you you so much. I give her a big hug. All right. Well, thank you. Maybe hold it a second too long. Good to see you. Good night. Thank you. Thanks for the wine. We'll definitely be back. And she starts to clean up a little bit and, and move things into the house and shuts the front door. Shut the front door. All right, we are going to head back. You ready to go get some food? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm starving. Uh, all that wine on an empty stomach. Whew. I'm lit. You are lit AF. You're lit and swole. Oh, 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 late day. You are on fleek. Let's see how many of these in, in, in statements we can make uncool in a single night. How far is it back to the contented cow? It's, it's, not, it's like a 10-minute walk. <sighs> Carry me. Pick her up, sling her over my shoulder, and just... Did you say pig her up, you bitch? Matt, we call that uh, doing a dolph. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to dolph her. Oh. Dolph her. <laughs> dolph her good. All right, well, let's get back before the storm hits. Yeah, I do not want to be out here in the rain. Purple rain. Purple rain. No, this is chocolate rain. There's a difference. Hey, Dan, do you think we have time to check out that Farmex place on our way back? Uh, yeah, I mean... Let's it... sneak up there real quick. We'll just take a peek and then we'll run back. I'm, I'm hungry, so I don't want to waste too much you time. You want to ring the doorbell while you're at it? Uh-huh. Ding dong. Uh, if that's going to make you happy... Uh... Let's do it. <laughs> All right. I grab his hand and we kind of playfully run up towards the Farmex location. I really shouldn't be running. I we haven't are stretched. fiancé and fiancé. You guys prance on up to the road leading to Farmex, where you know that that is located. You see an impressive looking but very industrial design building. This looks nothing like the farmhouses that you saw previously at HW Industries. And even the Cranberry Farms, clearly it was a re- refurbished farmhouse. But the Farmax uh, building is much more industrial. It doesn't look like it's meant to be integrated at all with the surroundings. It sta- stands out like a sore thumb at this point. Uh, so it is concrete and steel. It is dark right now. There are no cars in the driveway or anything like that. You know, there, there's an electronic keypad outside. You, you do see that there is, again, uh, a few cameras mounted. Gosh, it seems out of place isn't it weird i mean with all the the rustic and rural stuff around here you wonder why they would put something so industrial it kind of ruins the landscape you know well it's a little strange the other place we visited what was it the h h i industries yeah at least theirs looked kind of normal from the outside this one's right they didn't even try someone i don't know yeah, someone picked up a factory and just kind of dropped it. Who's strong enough to do that? Uh, at least that's what you see uh, as you approach the building. Are there any lights on? Do you see any lights, Dan? Looks dark to me. Uh, nothing in the driveway, but we do have to be mindful there are cameras. True, true. Should we ding-dong ditch them? How many people do you think come up here, like on their break, on their summer vacation, staying at the Contented Cow? I'm sure they get tons of people bothering them. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Maybe. I mean, it's hmm. not like there are any signs that explicitly are telling us to go away or stay True. away or not trespass. I think they want us to break in. Maybe we won't have to. What are the odds that the code to the front door is one, two, three, four? All right, should we get going? I just was curious. Yeah, uh, I'm getting thunder hungry. sounds like it's getting a little closer. <laughs>
Where right, did you get the shotgun from? <laughs> let's head back. Okay. Only if we frolic in the same manner in which we <laughs> came here. <laughs> I said, I bet you can't catch me, and I took off running. You do know I was in the army, right? This is what we did. Okay. Can't I'm hear you way back there. <laughs> take off after her. All right. Uh, you guys reach the contented cow with no issues? I want issues. <laughs> after that, uh, you get the inside and... Wait a minute. Repeat all of that. <laughs> after that, you get the inside. <laughs> we want to grab some dinner or we want to yes. go check up on your dad first. You know what? He's a grown-ass man. <laughs> Let him sleep. Ass man. Very mature, Dan. Yeah, I'm not the one who wanted to ding-dong ditch the pharmacy company. Yeah, let's get some food. I'm going to get the pork chops. Yep, yeah, we're going to go into the bar area and uh, order dinner. So you are met by a young lady. Maybe she ain't that young. She's 93. <laughs> so you, you've already met Wilma once, and that's who waits on you again. Hi, honeys. How you doing? Good. How you doing tonight? I'm doing just fine. What can I get y'all? I'm going to have your pork chop dinner podcast pork chop. It's really good this time of year. Them porks is so nice and tender. Cut me up on raw. Well, I, a little pink ain't, ain't no big deal. I, I think mm-hmm. this is a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck it is. Oh, shit. Damn, bitch. Yeah, that sounds great to me. What's that come with? Uh, we have some uh, uh, mashed taters. Mm. Oh, yeah. He puts in a whole stick of butter. Mm. Any garlic in them taters? No, no, no garlic. No, ma'am. Good, I'm a no garlic. And uh, right now we, we have uh, some fried zucchini blossoms. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. It is. Let's do that. Yeah, does that sound good to you? Uh, how about you, sir? You know what? I'm feeling adventurous. She squeezes you. Yes, you are. You know, why don't you surprise me with something? I'm, I'm in the mood for, for something new. Well, 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 you just opened that door, honey. I put my arm on Danny's arm. You got it, sir. I, I'm sure Pierre will whip something up that'll knock your socks off. I don't know why I'm like southern one minute and Cajun <laughs> the next. Don't make no sense. Yeah, well, dear, about that. Come down here. I'm never going to tell my I don't know what the hell I'm house. doing. All right, then. I'll, I'll be right back. Y'all just sit right here. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm too hungry. Out comes just a beautiful dinner. The pork is done perfectly. It has been slightly smoked. Smoking is bad, though. And it's been cooked to just the right temperature where there's a little bit of pink blood towards the bone. Mm. And it's just so juicy. Delicious. So for Dan, he gets to enjoy crawdad boil. Ooh. Uh, almost like an etouffee kind of thing. Uh, so it's uh, essentially a half a cup of corn and about mm, six very big crawdads, some potatoes, a little bit of uh, Old Bay seasoning, uh, a special dip on the side, and lots and lots of butter. Welcome to the Cooking Podcast. Tonight on our podcast, we're going to be talking about crawdads. And, and I only have one question for Dan. Does he suck the head? Well, duh. What else do you do when you're eating those? Dolph, no! Dan takes the, in his very practiced method, you know, uses two hands and torques the tail until the uh, the flesh comes out of the uh, carapace of the tail. And so now he's got a nice little thing. He dips that into the old bay, pops that into his uh, mouth. And as he's chewing, he takes the stump of the head and sucks on it until the eyes start rolling back into the head of the crawdad, and his mouth is filled with something that tastes like spicy seasoning and poop. You said poop. (laughs) Poop. (laughs) uh, That's what sucking the head is on a crawdad. The meal proceeds nicely. You see some other folks come and go for dinner. There is a family of four who comes in, a mother, father with two kids that are slightly older. So I'm sharing a bunch of guests here with you, people who come in for dinner. Why are they all looking at us like that? Kind of creepy. These are just some random guests who have come in for dinner while you guys are at dinner. Wilma comes back and cleans the plates, and she's like, uh, can I get you all some uh, mint cheesecake? We have a fresh. Ooh, Ooh, that sounds good. I'll take a piece. I will take one as well. You've sold us. Two pieces of mint cheesecake coming right up. And she brings it out, and it's got like a little pipette of whipped cream on top. Mm, mm, mm. As it melts in your mouth, you hear another rumble of thunder getting closer. Sorry. Oh. 
And, and you guys polish off the mint cheesecake. It's quite delicious, and she clears your plates and uh, brings you the bill. No, you can charge it to your room. So All right, let's charge it. Yeah, you can charge it. We don't have to have to pay that back, right? What's next, Dan? What should we do? I mean, it sounds like it's going to storm soon, so we can't exactly uh, go outside. Well, we could. We could sit on the porch and watch the rain start. be kind of romantic. Yeah, that sounds great. I wonder if we can uh, get a couple of cups of coffee out there. Uh, I'm sure we could. We can get anything we want. I would like one million dollars, please. Wilma comes back up to collect the bill. Hey, could we get a couple cups of coffee and take them out on the on the well, porch? Well, sure, hon. I can, I can make that happen. Uh, what would you like? Uh, just straight up coffee, americano, espresso, cappuccino, latte. Wow, just coffee for me is fine. Yeah, I'm just you, straight up black coffee, please. All right, no cream, no sugar. I'll have cream and sugar in mine, please. All right, all right. Uh, do you like uh, brown sugar? Oh yes, I do. Yeah, no problem, honey. I'll bring it right over. If you want, you can just uh, sit out on the veranda there. Veranda's a good word. I like veranda. <laughs> it is a great word, you southern Cajun. And she brings over uh, two cups of coffee and uh, a little bit of stuff to put in it. Cocaine. Oh. She rubs her on her gums. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's some brown sugar right there. Nice tar sugar. <laughs> oh, it was a cube. Ow. <laughs> and she's like, uh, well, you, you folks have a good night. Well, hopefully we'll see you, you in the morning. You Thank you very much. You've been fantastic. No problem. Good night. Good night. See you later. Adios. <laughs> Ciao. Arrivederci. Buenas suerte. Bye. Are we going to go out on the... Yeah, we're out there already. She brought it to us. Pay attention, Dan. God, you drunk? This is just this What, did you fine. get a massage naked? No. <laughs> did you get rubbed out the wrong way? Is there a wrong way? So you guys are sitting out there on the veranda watching as, indeed, the clouds are rolling in much heavier. It's probably around getting dang close to 8 o'clock, so there's very little light left. You can just see enough in the sky to know that it, it's going to be a humdinger of a storm. If if that's by any indication, it's like just really black, impenetrable clouds you can now see in the distance that cool electrical or lightning flashes that don't stop that are deep in the clouds you never see anything that's coming out of it but it's all 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 sort of inside so you're saying this storm is swole af it rolls in and as you take your last sip of coffee you do get like just that sudden blast of cold air hits you in the face and then you feel like even before it comes you can see a march of rain coming at you from down the landscape i can see it and you can hear it too it just starts as a slow susurration of sound it's gotten a wee bit nipply out here don't you think should we go in yeah i think it's uh time to head back in and of course the you know the bar is still open you guys can do whatever you want you want to go get a nightcap at eight (laughs) o'clock Let's go get a nightcap, yeah? What are we? It's 60? Not yet. Maybe if we heard, we can catch the special down at Denny's. I'm up for a drink. I mean, we've kind of been drinking all day. Might as well keep it going, baby. We could, or we could go see what's happening at the spa. Maybe get a romantic couple's massage. Really big guy there. It goes by the name of Dolph. Do you think they're open this late? Um, I mean, it's worth a look. If not, there's a hot tub. Oh, let's do that instead. Okay. That sounds perfect. After a full day of drinking, I'd love to sit in hot water. Shit, let's go get our suits on. Okay. We're going to go up to the room and get our suits on. Okay, you do. Well, so, I just got this new tuxedo. What do you think? Nice. I like it. Oh, thank you. I don't know why I'm wearing it into a hot tub, but... It's my hot tub's tux machine. (laughs) What? Let's go get in the hot tub. So, the hot tub is annexed off the pool. It is uh, very nice. There's nobody in there right now. The young lady who you spotted at the restaurant... Uh, she is swimming in the pool, uh, but the hot tub is far enough away from the pool that you don't feel like you're, you are You have some privacy. Should I stop staring? Or? Uh, this is a nice way to round out a day, don't you oh, think? Oh, this is perfect. This has been a very relaxing day. It's good to have Dad back. I'm worried about him, but it, it's good to have him back. We're going to have to talk to him about his drinking when he wakes up, though. Yeah, I agree. And don't worry, Dan. He'll come around. It'll just take some time. I'm, I'm hoping. Is on my side. I hold Dan's head under the water for. Where's singing. that music coming from? <laughs> it's, a, it's on the loudspeaker. It's you can hear it. It's right by my ear. Time. It's very soft in your ear. Are you gonna get back under the water and start blowing for those bubbles? Or there's no monkey here. I dropped my contact lens. You want to go down and get it? Oh. Okay, pervert. We'll sit in there for about forty-five minutes. I'm pickled. 
No, that's what the kegs are for. It's it's actually very nice. Um, you, you believe that they're using some sort of uh, mineralized water in the hot tub. Farmex. There, there's something there. It's probably some additive. Steroids. But it's it's very relaxing. And after, after maybe about 15 minutes, the young lady departs the pool, and now you guys are completely alone. And uh, you can see that there is a skylight overhead. It is starting to rain very heavy now. That's heavy. I'm going to scoot over and cuddle up next to Dan in the hot tub. Handy? No, he's not very handy. He can't even put up a bookshelf. Hey, I'm I, I'm working on it. No, no, I meant I meant I meant Carl the handyman came through and like oh you okay. know just like tightened up some things for the pool, scarecrows, changed oh, the filter, and, yeah, that kind of thing. It's uh, and he kind of waves at you a little bit and then heads shuffles off back towards the uh, the lobby area. Well, what do you think, Dan? Should we head up? Yeah. I'd say it's... uh, It's been a long day. Yeah. Might want to rinse off before we head to bed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I told you I'd try it once. And and there are little uh, showers where you can rinse off here in the pool area if you want to. (laughs) Day in the life of a vacation goer. (laughs) That's our podcast. You guys are feeling extremely comfortable. Shuffle back to your room. Would you like to do anything before you go to sleep? I'm going to get my pajamas on and walk down and knock on Dad's door. Uh, there's no answer. I'm going to use my spare key. Okay, use your spare key. And just check in on him. Uh, he's fast asleep on the bed. I'm going to tuck him in. Uh, Hold his eye open. Are you awake? <laughs> Take out his kidneys, stick him in a bathtub full of ice. I'm going to get a um, glass of ice water and set it by his on his nightstand and then leave. So you're back in the room with Dan, and is that it? I'm going to lay down in bed and uh, turn on the TV and see what's happening with the news. Dan, Dan, shut that TV off. But, oh. This is the first time in a long time that I've felt at peace. There's this Donald Trump guy, and he thinks he can be president. Well, there goes that. Good night. (laughs) Have fun watching TV by yourself. Okay. Dumbass. I invite Dan into the bed. All right, we'll fade the scene there. I think that's good enough. The evening wears on, as it will with you folks. And as you sleep, you are tossing and turning here and there because the storm does intensify. But you, you've had a pretty busy day and a couple drinks here and there, so you you don't really come awake. There is loud thunder, flashes of lightning, and then that's pretty much it. Chuck, you wake up in the morning to a pounding on your door. Uh, Mr. Blaine? What? What do you want? You you wake up and see that there's a a glass of water on your bedstand, and someone keeps tapping at your door pretty loudly. What do you want? I'm not going to answer it. I just want to keep yelling. Well, your your voice is like barely a whisper. It's sort of croaky and dry. Fine. I'll look through the peephole. Uh, You see a stout lady, heavyset. She's butch. Dressed kind of ruggedly. She has a plaid shirt on, and she's banging at the door. Go away. Uh, M- Mr. Blaine? Mr. Blaine, is that you? What? Uh, it's uh, it's Carol Burt. Um, I'm with the uh, Miami Police Department. Uh, could, could, could you open the door, please? This is not Miami, so no. I, I, I need your help. With what? There's a, a situation downstairs. What kind of situation? If you let me in, I could tell you. <sighs> Fine. I'll let her in. Oh my god, put pants on. She's like, oh, oh, thank you, thank you very much. Um, okay, uh, and she closes the door behind her. We have a little bit of a situation here. One of the guests has been murdered. I noticed you guys came in yesterday. I, I'm aware of your work, so I thought you'd be the first person I would check with to see if you could help me. And I met your daughter yesterday. She seemed very nice. I don't know about this. Why don't you just talk to the police? You are the police. I am the police, and, and we have even worse problems than that. Uh, we can't get any kind of signal out. The storm, it's still going on. All right, I guess I'll go take a look. And so she takes you downstairs to a room. Just walk up and it just says a room on the door. (laughs) Here is a room. Welcome. As long as it doesn't say the room, we're okay. Oh, hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. I didn't do it. Oh, hi, Mark. Room 108, and you see it well in advance because Mr. Purfoy is standing outside. He looks to be rather disheveled and with a panicky look in his eyes. And as he sees Carol Burt, he sort of nods and he steps aside to let you guys into the room. Inside, there is a window open with the curtain flapping in the breeze. The floor is all wet as the rain continues to pound outside. There is a man face down on the floor about halfway from the bedroom to the door. And you can see his face is black. Carol's like, so uh, what do you think? Uh, 
I have no idea. Well, let's take a closer look. And she beckons you over towards the body. Do you see that? She uh, points towards his neck. Why don't you give me a spot hidden? That appears to be his head. <laughs> it's his head! Ah, I ran away! 66 needed 54. So that's a failure. Uh, you're not quite sure what she's pointing at. Uh, he looks like he is dead, clearly, but you're not quite sure Better why. Better push the roll. Or you could spend 12 points of luck if you really feel him not lucky. Later on. Or I could push the roll. She sort of reaches down and pulls a little piece of what looks like straw from the back of his neck. That appears to be straw. Hey. Hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah, yes, I, I, I think so too. Why would this be here? This doesn't make any sense. This is a very strange um, type of autoerotic asphyxiation for farmers. If, if that were the case, where's the murder weapon? Um, or the suicide weapon? <laughs> good point. I don't see anything. I mean, there's no, there's no anything. Well, I think. Remember that episode of uh, that show, probably MythBusters, where they launched like a straw through wood or something at 700 uh, miles an hour? Yes. So mm-hmm. the window see that. must have been opened. The storm picked up straw and shot it through his neck, killing him. It's the only option. Well, I mean, clearly he strangled his face is all purple black. No, nope, that doesn't fit my uh, my thesis, so that can't be it. Your feces? Ew. Oh, that's just. If gross. only he had some other people to talk to about this, who could also help him look at things. Well, uh, let's test your theory. Let's take a peek. What it looks like outside the window. Oh, see, there's a hay factory right next door. Oh, that explains. And then a fan factory next door to that. Whoa, whoa, hold on. You said it was straw, and you're looking at a hay factory. These are irresolvable differences. No, that's the factory that produces people saying hay. The straw factory is next door. Okay, that. thank you for clearing that up. I was I was mildly confused for a second there. Are they silly straws, or...? They have curly straws, bendy straws, straight straws. No, they actually only manufacture those icy straws with a little spoon on the end. Oh. <laughs> That's what took him out. <laughs> Carol motions you towards the, the window. Do, do you see anything weird here? Uh, looks like a window. They're usually used to see things outside. Okay, so go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Push the roll. Oh, shit. He did, too. <laughs> and he did. He did. I needed a 54, got an 86, so I pushed the roll and got a 12. That's right, bitches. So you notice a couple things. You notice that there are muddy footprints on the floor leading to and from the window. And you notice that the window has been completely smashed in and there are bits of straw on the windowsill. Well, new theory. A walking hay bale (laughs) with a thirst for blood. Wouldn't it be a straw bale? No, he uses straw as his weapon, but he is made of hay. Uh... Okay. I don't know why you're having so much trouble with this. Some people have started to gather out in the hallway. Mr. Purfoy is trying to keep them at bay. Are any of them made of hay? No, but two are made of straw. They say the, the criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. No, no, but your your daughter and your future son-in-law are upstairs making hay. That's an old-timey expression. Oh, Sorry. real old-timey. <laughs> Welcome to Hee Haw. That's not that old-timey. I have at least three country songs on my phone that say that phrase. More and more people are gathering there. Before you know it, Chuck, a little boy comes up and tugs on your pant leg. Uh, what do you want? And he says, I was scared by the thunder and I looked out the window. I saw the, the scarecrow. Uh, scarecrow? Yeah, he was, he was right out there and he points at the window. And then uh, a young lady comes up and says... Billy, Billy, come here. And she comes up and grabs him and yanks him back. She's like looking shocked at the dead body on the floor, which her little boy didn't even pay attention to. What did it, wait, what did you see? Tammy Barnes, the mother, whirls back and, and keeps Billy behind her. You leave him alone. He's a little boy. And she departs the room quickly, dragging her kid along with her. Carol's like, boy, she's got to string up her butt, doesn't she? That's disgusting, Carol. Maybe she's got some straw up her butt. <laughs> you check. So what do you think of all this? I have no idea. We're going to have to try to reach the authorities, but my phone's out. The front desk is out. The internet's out. The storm is crazy. What about the bridge? I don't know. We just discovered this guy. Well, God, that seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Send someone to go get help. I, I think you're right. Do you know anybody we should send? Who, who's reliable? There's one reliable person here. But I want them here. I know a dumbass who could go. Okay, well, I'll let you handle that. And uh, I'm, I'm going to start taking uh, some uh, statements from other people. To 209. And then I knock, pound on the door. Yes? Come here. Dad? 
I rush to the door. Who's that? Whip the door open. Completely new. I need your help, and I need that idiot to do something, too. Dan, get up. Put your pants what? on. What? Oh, but it's Saturday. No, I'm... those are my pants. Put your pants on. Okay. Hop up out of the bed and swiftly put on a pair of pants. What's going on, Dad? We have to take a look at something, and Dan, you have to go to town. Slow down. What's happening? Come with me. Dan, get dressed, and I'm going to go with Dad to see what's going on. Uh, where where do I need to meet you guys? And Just meet us in the lobby. Uh, okay. Give me give me a, two minutes, and I'll be down. Okay, I'm timing you. Okay, Google, set a timer for two minutes. So I'm going to walk to the elevator with Dad. What is happening? Just tell me what's happening. Uh, just come on. Tired. I don't feel good. I don't want to deal with this stuff. So just. Did you take your pill? Did you take yours? Oh, every day, baby. Good. It's a chill pill. You only need it 21 days out of 28, but... That's why I have an extra arm. Pharmax. We get to 108. So, this is a body. Okay, what is going on? And Sam just lost two sanity points. This body is dead. What happened here? It's got straw in its neck. Oh my someone, god, just like the story. Someone broke in, and there's straw in the broken window, and we need to get that dumbass to town because none of that communication stuff works here. Oh, you want to send Dan to town? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Far away town would be good. Boston might work. Hey, hey. No, straw. Just focus on what's going on. Why did they pull you into this? What's Because apparently I just don't have enough suffering in my life and I need more. So somebody killed this person? That would appear to be so. I'm, I'm a little freaked out, Dad. Well, yeah, that's life. Or the lack of. Who just threw those two symbols and a drum out of the window upstairs? It was the murderer. So what's next? How, how can I help? Well... I don't even know where to start. It's straw and mud. There's footprints. Yeah, but once you get outside, the rain's going to wash everything away. So all we really know is the foot went from the window to there and then back out. So they came in through the window. So at least we know that they weren't in the hotel. Yeah, that's why the window's broken. We are on a small island, so they couldn't have gone far, 12 foot wide. I guess we can go look around the property. Okay, okay. Do I need to bring anything? No, but let's go send Dan on his way. Okay, let's go to the lobby and, and let him know. Hey, um, I see there's kind of a commotion going on. What's what's happening? Dan, I call him over quietly. Come here. What? Do you, what? Why are all these people? Quiet. Sorry. Somebody was murdered. We need you to go to town and get the authorities. None of the phones are working. None? Uh, internet's out? Correct. Everything. Cell phones? Wow. Yep. Must have cell tower must have been hit by lightning or something. Yeah. Are you? Do you think you can do that? I would go with you, but I don't want to leave dad here. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. Um, Just please be safe. Okay. Is, is Purfoy around anywhere? Yes, he's uh, fielding questions from the uh, front desk. I'm going to walk up to the front desk and say, uh, excuse me, Mr. Purfoy, are the valet guys around? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Would you like your car pulled around? Yeah, apparently going to have to make a run to town here. Okay, yes, no problem. We do have a tricycle. Freddy! And uh, he calls over Freddy, who I think you've met. Uh, what room? Uh, room 209. Oh, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, I'll be right back. And he rushes out into the rain. And so after uh, a few minutes, he you see your car pull up. And it is just pouring buckets outside. Even though it is uh, about 8.30 in the morning, uh, Daniel, it is like pitch black outside. I'm going to run out to the car. Thanks a lot, Freddy. And uh, wish me luck. Looks like I'm going to need it in this weather. If I don't make it back alive, let my family know that it's their fault. My drive auto skill is only 20. So you hop into the car, get soaked. There is no overhang or anything. It's just the front sort of driveway. Uh, you hop in, you're, you're dripping wet. Car's running. It's nice and warm. You head on out towards towards the bridge. Let's get back quickly to Sam. Yes. Yes. What are you doing? I'm going back to Dad and uh, letting him know Dan's on his way. He's in the car. He's, he's heading now to get the authorities. What what should we do? Well, I guess we should just walk around the property, see if anything jumps out at us. Okay, let me check at the front desk and see if they've got any um, umbrellas for us since it's raining. I'm going to go up and talk to the manager and say, do you have a couple umbrellas we could use real quick? Uh, yes, but I don't think they'd last very long out in that weather. Uh, we do have some rain slickers. Oh, are they like city slickers? They are, but they're bright yellow. Okay, sounds great. We'll take two, please. Yeah, okay, no problem. Shall we charge those to your room? No, no, they're, they're here for your use whenever you need them. Okay, I grab them, run them back over to Dad. They had some uh, raincoats. All right, that'll have to do. Let's get to it. Okay, tell me what to do. Let's head out the nearest door and get to this window on the outside. Sam and Chuck, you make your way to around the building, and it is just pouring rain it's your your shoes are immediately wet there's thunder lightning even still you can tell this is going to be a pretty monstrous storm maybe the storm of the century a couple things you notice 
there is a scarecrow in the distance, or at least where the scarecrow once was, is now simply a empty cross, maybe 200 yards away from uh, where the window is. Chuck, you do see some deep footprints in the mud outside the window, but they're quickly filling with water. And there is some sort of vague shape laying at the base of the cross out in the field. Do the footprints head in that general direction? You kind of think maybe they do. There's The footprints are heavy right outside the window, but then they quickly dissipate after maybe a few strides. So tracking roll needed a 30, got an 11. You are able to follow up for maybe 10 feet, but then they have disappeared. They've been obliterated by the storm. But they do head in that general direction. Let's go to the cross thing then. How did you learn how to do all this stuff, Dad? Um, there's a little dice button next to the skill, and you click it, and then it rolls for you automatically. And then it displays it in the chat log. Or it's magic. Or it's magic, but it's it's probably, probably what I said the first time, though. It's magifish. You head towards the cross, and when you are perhaps 30 feet away, you can now make out what that shape is. It appears to be a cow lying on the ground. A live cow or a dead cow? It is cow? not moving. Rain is falling on it. I believe you mean it's not moving. Is that a cow? Uh, no, it's a dumbass making cow jokes. Oh, okay. Well, what's that then? That's a cow. Oh. Well, let's go take a look at the cow. Okay, but be careful. I'm lactose intolerant, but I don't think it's <laughs> that big a problem. In the heavy downpour, Chuck approaches the cow and can immediately see that it is quite dead and that its throat has been slit to the extent that its head lolls back on its neck. The blood has clearly pooled around it and then been washed away by the rain. You can see just a little bit left, perhaps. And it appears that there's a another cut from the base of the neck all the way down the center of its stomach. So what's the going rate for ground beef? Papa's having steak tonight, boys. (laughs) What would do that? Probably a knife. They didn't just kill it. They mutilated it. I mean, it's a pretty clean cut. Could just be a fantastic New Hampshire butcher. Or a French chef. Or a French New Hampshire. So what do you think, Dad? I'm a little creeped out here. I think we should just head back. I don't know what to make of this, but I don't think there's anything good that can come from standing here. Why don't you each give me a spot hidden? Needed 54, got 46. I needed a 76, I got a 54. And so those are both successes. As you turn to head back, you notice another little lump in the grass. Sorry. And you can both see, simultaneously, a heart. Dan, you drive very carefully along the road back towards the bridge, and you're having a really rough time of it keeping eyes on the road because it is just pitch black, and you can barely see it's like the heaviest rain that you've ever driven in. Soon you come to the bridge, or at least where the bridge used to be. Oh, fuck. You park the car and get out and stand in the rain to witness... No bridge. There is the struts and the basic structure, the poles where the the sides would be. But there's no roof. There's no bridge. It's been completely destroyed. The rivers are swollen and extremely fast moving. And I think that's where we'll call it. Don't skip Lake Day. That was good. We're screwed. A lot of work to get to that end. But it's going to be good. Welcome to the Vacation Tapes podcast. <laughs> uh, what are you having for dinner? So let's go ahead and launch into our recommendos for this week. Why don't we go ahead and start with George? Um, this week I have a new soda from Sprecher, S-P-R-E-C-H-E-R, which is a brewery and soda maker in Wisconsin. And I've had a couple of theirs, but I had the cream soda this time and it was really good. Is it different from like... Fago, like, what do they do different that would make it so cool? Well, I couldn't find that much about the cream soda, but I know their root beer, they actually brew it. Because like I said, they're a brewery first off, and they make soda on the side. I got their beer in my beer of the month kit. There you go. Two months ago, I think. Well, what do you know? You have to try their cream soda. It sounds good. Do they make grass-flavored soda, perchance? All right, let's move on to Matt. 
Don't cry, I'm not going to give you guys a game to play this week. If you want something to play, go play Stardew Valley. This week I'm recommending a podcast that I recently started listening to called The Dark Tome. What it is, is it's it's basically like an old radio drama. It uh, is about a girl named Cassie who uh, gets into a bit of trouble at school and is forced to read books to an old guy who runs a, a small bookshop. He asks her to find this one book specifically called The Dark Tome, and he won't tell her why, but he just really wants it. So one night she sneaks off to his shop, opens it up with the, the key that he gave her, finds the book and starts reading it, only to find that reading the stories in the book not only brings those stories to life but puts you down right in the middle of them with the characters so it's goosebumps yeah only the stories are a lot more adult themed the episodes are two parts each i'm on the for just finished the first part of the second episode and it is absolutely fantastic they are really well done excellent voice acting excellent foley and narration it's really really entertaining very cool brian how about you well i'm uh i'm gonna try my hand at some digital artwork so I decided to get myself a uh, drawing tablet, which I haven't received it yet. It's coming tomorrow. I'm very excited about it. But all the reviews I've done, um, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm hoping I can pull off some uh, some interesting art with it. It's the uh, Huion, H-U-I-O-N, H420. It's got programmable buttons on the side. The pen is very sensitive, which is what I like. Um, it does take a AAA battery in the pen, but I think that'll add some nice weight to it for me. So I'm excited, and uh, more to come. I'll, I'll give you a little bit better review once I get that in. I am going to recommend this week, go figure, a horror movie uh, called Train to Basan. It is the tale of a young father who is taking his extremely young daughter uh, across the city to Basan to visit her mother, his ex-wife. It, so it's a father, father-daughter father relationship type deal. Of course, they encounter a city who, that is rapidly becoming overrun with zombies. And it's not the slow zombies. It's extremely fast zombies. And it's very tense. It's not bloody or gory to a great extent. Just kind of a nice romp uh, and, and fraught with emotion too. So there, there's a lot of heart stuff going on here as well. So they do a very good job with that. I, I highly recommend Train to Passan. I really enjoyed it. Is that uh, dubbed or subtitled? Uh, that is subtitled. Okay, good. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts or irregular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our social media, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, Google+, and our wiki. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And uh, if you're into building better bridges, follow me on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And you can f- find me on Twitter at Brian Podcasts. And until next time, roll for sanity. The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. 